fandom? Well, I'm glad you asked. Fandom is your obsession with TV, movies, comics, and books. Fandom is debating whether or not Goku or Superman would win in a fight. Clearly, it's Batman. Fandom is about liking things. Join us weekly on Fandom as we talk about all of that and more. Subscribe at fandompodcast.com. Bond. James Bond. I suppose listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye, a continuing podcast on the films of the James Bond universe franchise that we call Bond Country. We used to be on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. We were, for a little while, for your ears only. Now it's just Bond Country. So, um, yeah. There you go. But this week, we're not talking about James Bond. We're talking about a Bond-adjacent movie, 1997's The Saint, starring Val Kilmer and Elizabeth Shue. And uh, I've got the usual gang of misfits and dope addicts here with me. I'm uh, I'm I'm Andy Wilson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I stole stole that from Radio From Hell. That's how they, they start every morning. See the usual gang of misfits and dope addicts are here, so I guess I have to come clean. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm yeah, I'm Andy Wilson. Uh, you can find me writing about movies and TV on Bleeding Cool. Uh, check out some of the stuff we wrote about DC's fandom event this last weekend. It's pretty cool, and I'm continuing to write about James Bond on there all year long in the 007 Bond binge series. Um, coming to us from Saint. Antonio. Oh, nice. Yeah, Mark de Leon. Hi, I'm, I'm actually named after one of the things, St. Mark. <gasps> no way. Yeah. So, like, like the the author of the second book of the, Bi- the, of book the, of the Bible. Yes, sir. St. Mark. Well, there you go. Yeah. The the easy reading version of Jesus. Yeah, the 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 adult contemporary version. Yeah, it's like it's like the Reader's Digest. It's yeah, like. Yeah. Everything you need to know about Jesus in like thirty pages. Yeah, so. like, you know, in, in, as a kid, that was actually my favorite gospel. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's easy reading. It's, it's good stuff. Reading, yeah, it's easy to understand. Brevity is the soul of wit, as Shakespeare easy. said. I mean, and most co- people would. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and coming from uh, Saint Lake City, Brookheim. <laughs> Ain't nothing saintly about me, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the city. <laughs> home, home of the Marmons. Home of the Marmon Church. Yeah, but I wasn't named after any saints like Marco. No. Oh, I I guess I was named after my dad, but I was also... His middle name was Andrew, but was I was also named after a saint, the brother of Peter. Yeah. I'm so, a twofer, though, because like, I'm named after one of the biggest Hebrew saints, Abraham. Oh no way! Yeah, I'm a twofer, man. Brooke, oh, where? You. What you, you're letting? You're bringing us down with with no saint name. I but, I mean I'm a I yeah I got nothing. I don't know if you. But in but all if fairness, you, be a, I, yeah, I think I disappoint both saints. 
who who's Madison. who's your patron saint though? Do you have one? Me? Yeah. Uh, the saint of sex. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't think they have one of those. I mean, I was trying to look something up uh, before we logged in, and um, yeah, the patron saint of sex and why Mary Magdalene? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. No, yeah, sure. She has always been my favorite, so I, that would make sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Down with Mary Magdalene. Have yeah. any of you read the I, apocryphal uh, gospel of uh, Mary Magdalene? Yes. You have? I haven't. Yeah, I've, I've read all the apocrypha. I, I got deep, deep, deep oh, yeah, nice. into all that stuff. Kind of want to. I've always been curious. Well, when you, when you spend two years on a Mormon mission and the only things that you can read are religious texts, um, yeah, you, you run out of stuff that you want to read. And like eventually you're like, hmm. I think I'll read the Apocrypha. <laughs> we, we had the constant threat of excommunication if we read that. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mormonism is interesting in that it doesn't reject the Apocrypha, but it oh. doesn't believe it's like 100% real either. But it's like, eh, there's, there's some interesting stuff in there. I did not know that. Wow. And Mormonism definitely believes that Jesus was married. And there's a definite... Um, yeah. Really? There's a I'm definite undertone in there that, like, she's yeah, married. Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, dude. I, yeah. That completely blew me away. I didn't know that that was in y'all's thing. Yeah. yeah Mormons are really about marriage, if you didn't know. <laughs> Multiple marriages. <laughs> but only if you're straight. Only yeah. if you're straight. That's, yeah. But, but straight people get married. You got to get married. And yeah. have about 12 kids each. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and if you're a man, you can remarry, but if you're a woman and you get divorced, you have to stay married. Only he can remarry. That's right. Unless, unless you're going to the hands of another man, and then you can get married again. That sounds oh, very much... That's the only but you, way to but you have to divorced. get your first husband's permission. You have to get his permission, but you, no you way. can't get divorced until you're getting married again. You can't just be divorced. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I thought we had it bad growing up. No, like when when it comes to temple marriages, it gets weird. Like, it's like you can be divorced in the eyes of the state of Utah, but like according to the church, you're still spiritually married. I'm still so. married to my last husband spiritually. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, I tried to we... get. Well, actually, I see. I don't know because they excommunicated me because they wouldn't give me the divorce, and so I got myself excommunicated instead. Oh, that's good. Wow, we yeah. both have a badge of honor. Nice. But but I don't know that that even that I don't believe dissolves the marriage because if I were to get mm. rebaptized, I believe that covenant would it's like grandfathered no in. Way. That's and so crazy, you get man. grandfathered back in unless you're marrying someone. I think is that right? I think that's correct. Patriarchy. I, that's correct. <laughs> I looked into it a lot, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just stay divorced or stay excommunicated yeah we had like a shift of thought like for the longest time it just wasn't allowed like even if the husband was being the crap out of you like you're like nope yeah you're you're still married and then it was like yeah you could get divorced you just can't remarry and then it was like well you can get married you just can't get married in the congregation because you already did it the first time and now i don't know because things have changed but I, i think everything's cool now like it's it's allowed. 
Yeah, I don't know. Churches yeah, are weird about severe. marriage. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, we go well, all in. Yeah, it's... Yeah, anyway. So, but we're all saints, and that's the important thing. And you know who else is a saint? Uh, Mr. Simon Templar, the, the star of this movie. And... Yeah, so... Did... Did y'all see this when it first came out in theaters? Because yes. I definitely did. Several yeah. times. Same. Okay, yeah. I saw it once, but it was at a friend's house. So it wasn't actually in the theaters, but it was when it first came out. Yeah. I remember loving it, and I saw it several times. Like, I can't even remember how many times we, we went to see it. But upon revisiting it uh, last week, I, like, you know what? I don't remember. I, I don't. It wasn't as good as I remember it. Like, Did you I question I, your younger self? I think I am. Yeah. yeah it's, that that joy that I had watching it was just wasn't there this time around. It's definitely like a, it's a very specific point in time. Mm-hmm. Like this movie only could have taken place in the late nineties. Yes. It's it's like very keyed in to that that very specific thing. And I mean, and like this movie was grown in a lab specifically for Andy and like everything yeah, that he was interested in. It kind of in. felt like it was. I, yeah. Like I wondered yeah. how much you actually had to do with the conjuring of this movie. <laughs> cold like, work, cold like, fusion. Did you sign some sort of deal with the devil to wit your soul would like be recovered later for the making of this movie? I feel like that had to have happened. Yeah, apparently sometime in high school, Brooke, I must have been recruited into like a a focus group and they they'd be like, Hey kid, what kind of movies do you like? And I'm like, I like spy movies, I like stuff about Russia, um <laughs> I like the karate kid, and they're like, Okay, here's their movie. <laughs> the karate kid. <laughs> so, hey, were you in Russia at this time? When did no. You I went I went to Russia six months later. September of 1997. This came out in April of 1997. So this got you pumped for the trip, man. Totally. Yeah, wow. this was, you know, I I earlier, I I found out I incorrectly used this term. I referred to myself as as little weeaboo Andy, um, which I, I thought was a term that meant like being obsessed with any like niche nerdy thing <laughs> or foreign country. And found out that's only true for Japanese yes. anime stuff. Yeah. But I meant that in terms of like, I am the equivalent of that for Russian shit. So <laughs> that was me in the in the 90s. Like super, super obsessed with anything Russia. And um, so, yeah, this was, I was super into this. And yeah, I was, you know, six months away from being there. And boy, howdy, did they nail the, like, the feel and, like, what was actually going on in Russia. That's what I wanted to know. That's what I was... That's what I wanted to know, too. Yeah, Yeah, I wanted to see, like, how much of this was actual, like... That's why we showed up and JB did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's why the loser JB didn't come. We we actually want to know. He's he's already heard those stories anyway. So, yeah, no, uh, the... This was a very interesting time in Russia. This was this was Yeltsin, but pre-Putin. Um, when Putin took over in like 2000, 2001, um, 
you know, things started getting better in terms of like the country actually like functioning well. Um, but that was because like, as this movie like pointed out the difference between like legitimate business and mafia is like almost non-existent and and they're also like all up in the government as well so this is this really really hit on that and the whole like energy crisis and you know the the idea that like gas or water could just be shut off for an entire city for like a week a day um that Ever? that was that was regular wow that was like oh yeah we only get hot water on like mondays and wednesdays and fridays jesus that's it's like oh okay that's uh that's very interesting <laughs> um like, uh, yeah, so it was a very interesting time. And uh, you can, you yeah, they really reflected this very well. But then, you know, the, the very rich in Russia lived a very different life. Like, uh, you know, tooling around Moscow and Range Rovers and, um, you know, having all the money in the world. So, you know, lots of fun. So, yeah, uh, yeah, The Saint, uh, I think, really hit on that. But even more than that, um, what what I think is most interesting on this is, you know, I had mentioned that I, I only really got into James Bond when GoldenEye came out, which was two years prior to this. And, you know, by this point, I'd seen a handful of the Bond movies. And in fact, it was this summer, the summer of 97, when I watched most of them. Um, and so what was really interesting to me was noticing how The Saint was very much a direct reflection on Goldeneye and, uh, and, and Bond in general, even though, you know, he's not a spy, he's a thief, um, but there's still a lot of the same type of stuff going on. So I'm I mean, wondering- is there if- really a difference? Yeah, yeah, that's the a very good point. <laughs> well, and one I mean, Bond plays a, a spy and a thief because he does two different movies: uh, uh, Thomas Crown Affair, right? Mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan. So he does he does the both roles. Well, and Roger Moore because Roger and Moore was yeah, the original was Simon the original Templar. Yeah. Oh, and he's he is very briefly in this movie. Yes, he's the voice on the radio at the yeah. very end. Oh. Yeah. I, I got such a kick out of that when I saw it. Uh, I didn't the know that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that was a, and they start playing Duran Duran and, and you've got Roger Moore. And I'm like, hey, I understand that reference. <laughs> I got that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was, that was, I, there was a lot in here though that I felt was very much Bond. I mean, the fact that, like GoldenEye, it's set in post-Cold War Russia, but it's exposing, like, a same sort of, like, there's still a lot of Cold War tropes, even though it's it's not the Cold War anymore. It's like, oh, it's just, you know, now these guys are mafia instead of the military or the government or whatever. And the government is kind of like, they're incompetent, but they're, like, not bad guys. 
but um yeah i i don't know i i i i really feel like they were developing this they saw a golden eye and they're like oh we we need to we need to be more like that and then they delivered this movie and delivered did they ever so okay so okay but can i tell you though when i first watched it yeah i'm not a dumb person so i feel as though it had to have like it had to have noticed and i had to have known and i know like by the end of the movie he like there are three things that you have to do and now i'm a saint blah 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 for some reason, going back and watching it again this time, I I don't know how I missed it. Because it's such a plot point. But, like, I didn't correlate his names with the title of the movie. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't know how that is. Like, there's no way it's possible that I didn't know this <laughs> the first time I watched it. But, like, the second time I was watching it and I was sitting next to Chip and I was like, oh. The saint. <laughs> like, he's like, what? Are it you for real? And I was like, yeah, but the di-. He's like, babe, just stop. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll stop. <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason it didn't stick out to me. Like, I, I remember that being like a big part of the marketing of this movie, though. It's like, oh, he uses the names of saints to um, to infiltrate and and steal what he wants to. And there was like a montage where he's like going through all the different names of the, yeah. the different people he was going to be like, and my name a... is so and so. And like, I'm Ivan Ivanovich or, you know. It's a huge plot point, right? Like, oh, well, how many people flew in to Russia with the right. name of a saint? Like, there's no way I missed it. But it did well, not stand out to me. Like, I don't know in, why. In like, your, In your defense, Brooke, uh, nobody else in the movie did either. Elizabeth Shue was the only <laughs> one who put it together. <laughs> so, oh, great. So I'm there as dumb as them. No. <laughs> Fantastic. No, it's just, yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah, you don't, you're, you're, and I like, can't remember. Like, it's not like I can remember back and be like, oh, I definitely didn't notice that. Or I definitely did. Like, it just, this was a movie I think I saw it once. That was it. And so, like, I, I can't definitively say one way or another. But I just remember this time being like, why didn't that hit me before? <laughs> like, the saint is, like, it's him. And not just the names. And I, I don't know. It just hit me in this totally different way. And I'm not sure why. But. You know, for me, that was one of the stronger points of the movie. Um, the one thing that um, I didn't think about much back then. But when I saw it uh, this time around. The whole thing about what happened when he was a kid. Where that girl falls from the second floor and she dies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's sad. But, you know, watching it again, I'm like, well, it, it doesn't really carry through. Like, there, it isn't as... I guess like they try to make it out like it was this big consequential event in his life, but it's only referenced once later in the in the film. And I don't yeah. think a, I don't think there's a real strong connection and it it made it wholly unnecessary towards the end. I I guess that's kind of true. I sort of held on to it because like I'm I'm like, "Oh, he's forged by tragedy and he knows that if if he gets too close to a girl, then she's going to get hurt. And, you know, he just has to be about the mission and he can't like, 
I get that, you know, but to compare, can't get anyone else involved, and yeah, but to compare it to another film series that we're going to cover at some point that involves Val Kilmer, like Bruce Wayne and the death of his parents, like it's ingrained and it's earned, and you, no, you but know, see, I you know that that's what forced him into that forced him into being who he is. Yeah, but I think you're missing a huge part of this. Which is, is? It wasn't. It wasn't just that he was like, "Oh, a girl died, and I need to have separation." Blah blah blah. Like, I can't love again. I don't think that was the point of watching her die. I think the point was he lost his identity to where he really couldn't speak to his own name because of that moment. Like, it was so critical in this disassociation, in the trauma effect that it had on him of no longer valuing himself or others or safety or being careful or even remembering to who he was it it shook him at such a core level that he disassociated with himself and anything that mattered until he met shu yeah i can i can see that it's just that for me it isn't all completely earned by throughout the movie Oh, I come. I I agree. This script is like kind of, kind of hinky. It's very nineties. Like I feel this entire movie is very nineties. Very true. Yeah. There was at one in one of my notes. I wrote down the words, "just as campy as Roger Moore." (laughs) 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 So it's not it's not done well, but I do feel like the point of what they were trying to show was that it affected him at such a deep level that the trauma wasn't about the love story. The trauma was about his self story. And that's how, that is how deep it shook him to have had that moment that he completely and entirely lost connection to who he was and that it destroyed his ability to care and associate and connect. See, I wish you had directed the movie. Uh, yeah, see, too. but there's there's movies you can look at from the <laughs> '90s, like like uh, Heat or The Usual Suspects or something like that, where it's it's so clearly scripted and directed. Mm-hmm. Um, Seven is another one of those where it it works, and you don't have to bring a lot to the party the script is doing the the heavy lifting for you even though it expects you to keep up this movie like expects you to make some jumps and make some inferences without telling you all of those and i think that's the difference between like a b plus script and an a plus script right this is a b plus yeah and i also think that part of my like i mean we had some like basic level like surface level communication between the three of us but like i personally have been processing through a lot of stuff from my past this week that has shown me on a personal level how deeply it affected me without my acknowledgement of that um and how i thought it was only affecting my external relationships but it was the internal one that got really screwed and Mm -hmm. i've had to like figure out how to heal that so that my external could be healthy and i kind of so maybe i was inferring way too much i don't know but like watching him and his 
he had like some conflict towards her and like wanting to like do things right by her and stuff but throughout the whole movie his conflict is with himself and yeah. so that's really what I took from it like when him watching and uh, being the cause of her dying and these different things like it really the conflict became about himself and not being able to see or like or accept or connect to or have love towards himself and I liked that they didn't do a good job of it and I I think I probably inferred way more than even the director probably meant me to but (laughs) um they gave it more meaning and so whatever the directors can get lost but no, but one of one of the things that that I really I liked that it wasn't about on. the love story, like that his yeah. his conflict wasn't about the love story. His conflict was in finding and connecting to himself, and I liked that. Oh well, see, I have a I have a a similar but slightly different take on it, and it's what I really liked about the movie when I first saw it was I'm like, oh, he's this beautiful, beautiful, like romantic, tragic figure, and. He really is that um, that character that he's playing, who's really into art and poetry, and like hurts himself, and you know, and but he's like when he's standing there, like with the bottle in the alleyway, and he's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Right. He right. like breaks the bottle and like and like you know cuts himself anyway. He it's like I. I felt like that's the the emotional through line there. And yeah, it, it does have to do with this this early trauma. But his goal is like, I have to get that one final score and I'm out and I'm done. And I, you know, but, you know, so he, the, there's that internal conflict and that's what this really comes down to. So, I mean, I really like that and I really like that, you know, he's this, he's this romantic and, um, I, you know, I really resonated with that. I'm like, oh, you're, you're so tragic and, you know, I, I don't know. Um, so, but that was part of the romance too, because he's like, you know, the, the tension is, you know, do I choose the girl or the mission? Um, going back to James Bond, you know, Bond never really had to make that choice, even though it's often a theme in a lot of movies where they were, you know, diametrically opposed. I mean, definitely that's the, like, what's set up in From Russia with Love, the girl or the mission. And Bond never has to choose. Uh, In this one, he definitely does. And he ends up choosing the girl. And I'm like, that's that's kind of beautiful. I kind of like that. And she does the same thing. You know, she chooses to give cold fusion to the world for free rather than becoming, you know, a, a trillionaire. And yeah. I like that, too. Um, there was one point where we were watching it and Chip goes, doesn't he know that Bond doesn't have to choose between the mission and the woman? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and I was like, yes, but he's not Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is that both of them don't have a master to, or, uh, you know, to deal with. Uh, Bond does. He does everything right. for queen and country. Right. And, you know, the same, so even he though he's says. got that tragic background, um, he, he still has a moral compass. And, and 
he has the ability to decide whether he's just going to stick with mission or if he's going to give into his conscience and help out the girl. And, and he does, or Bond doesn't have that option. He has right. to serve queen and country. Does yep. he though? Does he have to fuck them to serve queen and country? Well, um, he says so. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> it must he, be horrible having, doing that. Yeah. Having the, the master in charge is like more of a, uh, what is it? Scapegoat for him than anything. Yeah, sometimes. I'd like to know. Not, like, all, not all the time, but sometimes it's like, right. Yeah, in the history of the CIA and MI6, I want to know, like, what percent of field agents ever actually had to seduce multiple people oh, over dude. their careers in order to extract intelligence? Like, I, I bet it is an infinitesimally small number. No, I don't think so, dude. Right. So, like, I, you I know, think I've, that I've told them more than anything. I've told you that I have like family members all over the military, and some of them are very, very high ranked. And yeah. without getting too much into detail, because I can't, I will say that uh, there is that game played even with allied nations, because there is a certain allied nation that um, Judeo Christians are crazy about. Uh, they actually send their female spies to fuck around with military officials. And one of my piece was telling telling me in great detail as to how that happened. They have to have meetings every few months to remind people that, you know, don't fall for this. I mean, look at General mm -hmm. Petraeus, dude. I mean, it, hap it happened to him. And that guy was a three-star general. Um, but it, I, it, this happens a lot. So the whole bond okay, activity, being a three-star general, just like makes you more susceptible. I think because well, yeah, but what your what vanity saying, is going to be so off the charts that you're going to be like, I'm. I agree. I agree. But what I'm saying is that I think this is this is an essential core of spy work. Yeah, like, I don't think it's infinite. It, it's a small percentage. I think it's a high percentage. Hmm. Maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe like maybe, maybe that's just the 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 Isra the Israeli special forces. Oh wow! Well, you but, guessed that one. I didn't even say yeah. the country. Yeah. Well, <gasps> I was. How could you have guessed that? Because I was. Well, I was. I was thinking of Gal Gadot because she used to be you. Israeli special forces. I would All give right. up speaking so fast to that one. Right. Right. So you would have the playbook, the playbook would be in her hands so quick. I mean, Wonder yeah. Woman as a spy? You kidding me? Yeah, yeah, basically. Isn't that so, the point of the first movie, Marco? <laughs> <laughs> uh, little you Chris boys, Pine gives up all the stakes. Oh, yeah, so predictable. Hey, it, I am, dude. It would be too <laughs> easy. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I always okay. did want to be a spy. And then I was like, oh, because I'd be Mormon and married and I'd fit right in. <laughs> if I'd seen the other side of that coin, I probably would have made it through to spy school. Yeah. <laughs> Straight A student, man. Suddenly I, just... I am motivated as fuck. You'll be taking that class in Quantico. <laughs> and see, and here's here's the other thing, though, is like, I think, I don't know if I've mentioned this before or not, but my grandfather was in the CIA. And, oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. Um, and, but he was just one of these, like, administrative guys most of his career. I mean, he was pretty, like, 
he was pretty high up and like so he knew a he... bunch of stuff. <laughs> so he had the choose your own adventure book in front of him and he chose the wrong adventure. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that is what you were saying. Did you I ever mean, deal with any Israeli spies? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's that's a good question. Like, you know, did did he ever did he ever encounter any of that? Did he, was he ever to ordered to do any of that? I mean, he never he never talked about any any specifics. He was he was mm-hmm. he was good. He like refused to He's a gentleman. You know, divulge any of that. Yeah. So good for good for him. But like, I just I can't imagine like the way that he Grandpa described like most of what he was but most of what he was doing was so far removed from this any is of my that. favorite conversation that we've had yet boys yeah like how how much do spies have to fuck to get there to get their information finally we're getting into the reason i'm on this podcast <laughs> yeah I, I think they do it quite a bit I'm, I'm convinced that this happens i am willing yeah. to do a study for science <laughs> <laughs> after a vast amount of field research i've come to the conclusion <laughs> we have a mom in our in our girl scout troop who is a special agent and uh well not i don't know what kind of agent she's but she's an agent and i think i'm gonna talk to her i think we're gonna have to have a conversation about how do i set up you know a blind study yeah. How do I conduct this podcast? Yes. How do I conduct this for science? <laughs> we have a meeting on Tuesday. It. I will report back afterwards. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> just imagine the start of that conversation. So, sex on the job. <laughs> you know, our our troop is very liberal. <laughs> as as many Girl Scout troops are. So. Good. Good on the Girl Scouts for that. Um. So back to the saint. <laughs> um, I don't know what what else did did folks like about this. Um, I've got There's at least a, one more thing I definitely want to talk about. Well, there are two actors from Braveheart in this. Wait, you guys what? didn't notice? Come on, Tommy Flanagan is well. He doesn't speak, but he's one of the henchmen. The guy with a big okay. old scar in his face. So that's one. And then mm-hmm. Alan Armstrong, Inspector Teal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I remember seeing them on on screen. I'm like, oh, Braveheart. Uh, but there's also uh, Raja. Uh, Sir, Sir, how do you say his last name? Serbian. I don't know. It's Serbian or something. Yeah, that dude. I I love that dude so much, especially like in Snatch. He's so perfect as Boris mm-hmm. the Blade. But, like, anytime anybody needs an Eastern European character, like, this guy just pops up in pretty much every movie. Right. I love that dude. Well, and he was, he was the, wasn't he the bum in Batman Begins? Was That he? Bruce Wayne gives him his, his oh, coat. Oh, the jacket. Yes. Yes, yeah. you're right. That is him. It's like. Just huh. randomly show him. He's like, okay. <laughs> Another Batman connection. Nice. Right. Another Batman connection. And Val Kilmer. Everything's like, related to Batman. I've really missed Val Kilmer. I have too. Yeah. He's uh He was really uh, fun to watch. Yeah. He's um I don't know. I, I mean it's I it's been hard to watch him since he got cancer. Cause that just that just really messed him up, I think. And like he was in this I'm movie, sorry, The Snowman. I'm going to hell. I'm a horrible person. 
Cancer what? just isn't fun to watch. Oh, well, I didn't mean that. I thought maybe Andy, you meant. Of course. <laughs> Get your act together, Val. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Andy. <laughs> I... Sorry. No, you didn't. You didn't. This wasn't I... Andy's fault. This is me being inappropriate. I apologize. Well, I just, I just figured you meant like Val Kilmer, like post nineties, where I agree that like, I don't know, like making movies like the Salton Sea are, it's just not as fun as watching Batman Forever and the Saint Val Kilmer. Oh, I hate Batman Um, Forever though. Ugh. It's true. Uh It's true. There is a lot of validity to what you're saying. Yeah, that like he just he just started choosing like more. Not to artsy. anything that Marco is saying. Give him that. Not oh, okay. Do we need to talk about Batman Forever for a second here? No. <sighs> the, we're, you know we're gonna get to it because it's one of the franchises we're gonna cover. We'll get there. And uh, I will spend hours telling yeah. everybody how much I hate that movie. Rock. This is so uh, strong. But uh, the, Val Kilmer though, uh, in Tombstone gives one of the best performances ever of any film. Yeah. Doc Holliday. So like, the dude has the acting chops, which we've seen before. Um, yeah. But, you know, I haven't seen him in anything recent. I, I know he, he has a role in the new Top Gun movie, but yeah. that's not out yet. I'm excited uh, for that to see how, how he pulls yeah. through on that. Yeah. He was, he was in that movie, The Snowman. And I didn't that... see it, but I wanted to. It's one of the worst movies I've seen in Is the it? last like five oh, years. No it's no. so terrible. And it made me so sad because I think everyone was trying so hard that I don't so know. So how does it compare to the invisible man? <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. I don't know. Brooke, oh, may, you maybe God. you might like the snowman. Maybe maybe I'm <laughs> You're reminding me we sometimes have uh, opposite opinions. Go so on. You're it. saying it's a hit. <laughs> so you're yeah, saying well, there's a chance. <laughs> but I mean, but it is it is like um, you know, you watch the movie and if it's really weird because if someone hadn't told me, "Oh, that's Val Kilmer," I'd be like, "That is not Val Kilmer. What are you talking about?" Because he just looks and sounds so different. Uh, and it just, I'm like, that's not the same guy. It's like, nope. I, totally I is. The last thing I saw him in was in McGruber as uh, Dieter Varn Kunth. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was hilarious in that. He's, he's, he was great in that. Yeah, he was great. But that's the, I think I'm pretty sure that's the last thing I saw him in. I don't think I've seen him in anything more recent than that. Yeah. That was great, and then his his other um, great like late um, late period Val Kilmer his his like return to Renaissance was uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert oh, Downey Jr. Kiss, Kiss, bang, bang. and Big Pussy. So yep. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen so. that. I'll add that to the oh, list. Oh goodness, Brooke, that is I a know. fun movie. Yeah, it's a yeah. great great movie. Yeah, I've heard that several several times. Yes. Yeah, no, that it's what gave me hopes that uh, Shane Black was going to deliver a great Iron Man movie, which of course he didn't. Oh and I'm still God. pissed about it. Oh my God! God oh you my. are. 
God, you're seriously? okay okay how are we even friends sometimes <laughs> dude iron man 3 is horrible come on i like and respect you most of the time oh my god it's almost as bad as the invisible man oh dear you take it back i will not it's just I, horrible. you know what i would i would shove it mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm you should just... watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang though. That mm-hmm. movie is fantastic. Kiss Kiss is Bang Bang goodbye. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and let you two fight about this. I think this is this is yeah, great. Bum. You do, like destroy each other. There are, um, there are script decisions in Iron Man three that are just so stupid. Uh-huh. Starting with the uh-huh. Mandarin, the oh, way really? they treated the Mandarin, and just, oh my god, it's just so stupid. One of the biggest sins in that movie, and I'm going to get into the whole thing, is that at the end when uh, Tony is fighting What's-His-Face, he loses Gwyneth Paltrow Pepper Potts. He's like, no, he thinks she's dead. And then like five seconds later, he goes back to throwing one-liners. Like, just, I mean, that's just, that's just horrible script decisions, man. And it took me completely out of the movie, which I was already out anyway, because there's a whole bunch of foolishness that happened before that. But I was expecting so much more from Shane Black. Based you know what? On the I think that's your problem. Game. I think that's your problem, Mark. Is well, you I mean, expecting. when you take an iconic character you like Mandarin and you basically neuter him the way they did, you're, you're just going to lose me. And they did. And they lost a whole bunch of people. And you know what? They know they did wrong because they did a follow-up uh, uh, bit on the Mandarin to try to clean that up. You know, Disney knows he screwed it up. No, I just, I think, I think the the thing is, is that fanboys like you took it way too seriously. I always took it as, oh, he's not the real Mandarin. That's the whole point. He's not, he's adopting this and it's about, it's about like, but you I don't mean, tease your core audience a character that's iconic and you show the rings and the posters show everything and then you pull the rug from them. You don't do that, man. You, you just, uh, you just. I, I thought that was hilarious. I thought so I thought it, I thought it was great. I thought it because, was brilliant. Yeah. and Because, because then I they thought, don't have to live up to the Mandarin. They get to make the movie they want to make. You don't play right. with your core audience that way. Why I think not, that's Mark? I think that's great because I think not, that Mark? the the movie was Are about you too sensitive for that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like being played that way. Yeah, Aww, does it, it hurt your man feelings? It does. It really yeah, does. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's but like the, it's like that uh, the, the early, Eddie Murphy a great movie, movie coming to America where you think you're going to McDonald's but you're going to McDonald's. <laughs> And like you show up and like like you're all depressed because they don't even have a playground. That's exactly what they did. Dude. You don't do that shit to your core audience. I don't know. Core audience needs to like put their big boy pants on and come watch the movie that was made instead of the movie that they told them to make. No, but the, even, I would even without the Mandarin thing, there's still so much wrong with that movie. I would I would disagree that it's the MCU's core audience though because. That's like one of the top five money making movies of the MCU. So, like, uh, apparently, that is not the MCU's core audience. Are fanboys upset about the Mandarin? So, they uh, they have a different audience that 
that like was okay with that. Now that being said, Mark, I agree. Iron Man three is one of the weakest entries in the MCU. Yes. I just don't hate it as much as you do. Okay. And I think it's interesting. I got even if it's not my most favorite. I gotta agree with you on that. It's not my favorite either. Like not by a long shot. Ant Man way better than Iron Man three. Ant Man is like, way better. Real and like hate and like venom spewing out of you. I feel like we should process through that sometimes. We're, and we're going to. We're gonna get there. I know, I feel I mean, like, how do you use like Ben Kingsley like that? They they did him dirty. <laughs> like oh just. There's so much no, but that's the great thing is they didn't. No, they, they did. didn't. Yes, they He's did. acting. It's oh my god. It's yeah. This is the multiple so, layers of acting. He was oh. primed to be like one of the greatest villains ever, and instead we just got a freaking jokester. Like, ugh. He's almost as bad as Jim Carrey in Batman Forever. Mm, ew. Which I hate. Kingsley never wore a bedazzled. Well, that's suit, true. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Edward enigma my ass. Oh my yeah. God, I hate Jim Carrey. Um but hey, speaking of how how about how about that Edward Nigma in the trailers for the, Dude. the Batman movie? Oh my Robert god. Patterson. That trailer had all my happy parts burning. I haven't watched uh, it. <gasps> oh Brooke. Brooke. I don't want to. No. Take three minutes no. and watch it. I that don't trailer. want to. Any doubts anybody has about Robert Pattinson being Batman, just fucking melt mm-hmm. away watching that trailer. Maybe I don't want my doubts to melt away. Maybe I just want Ben back. And maybe, just maybe, they shouldn't pull the rug out from underneath their core audience. <laughs> 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 it comes full circle. <laughs> Brooke, you, I, I would agree with you, except that I... the Here... Here's the thing that I love about Ben Affleck. Everything. They told him, we want you to make a gritty noir Batman movie. Yeah. And he said, great. And they said, we love what you did with the town. Make the town, but Batman. And he sat and he tried to do it for six months. And he's like, I got nothing. I'm going to bring in my friend Matt Reeves to help me write a script. And then he came back with a draft and he's like, um, this is way better than anything I've got. You know what? I'm out. You let Matt take over because he knows what's up with Batman. I got to take care of my own personal shit. And I just like, I will forever respect Ben Affleck for making that choice. And also recognizing that he was in a very, very bad way with yeah. alcohol at that yeah. point. And yeah. he yeah. needed to get help and he needed to clean his life up. And he had to step away from the franchise in order to do that. And so right. I hope, I it, really Andy. hope Ben it, it, gets it, another shot at the apple. He's uh, a hero in my book for recognizing apple, that that needed to be taken care of. Like uh, a lot of, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of us that have that, you know, we struggled through years and years of trying to fully understand how bad that is. But he did, and he's getting it taken care of. Um, and I'm, I'm with you, Brooke. Like he was one of my favorite Batman's. Like he, I thought he was fantastic, brilliant. And Just we're gonna brilliant. get a chance to see him again uh, because in the okay, in the, so like, in the new Flash movie, he's gonna be one of the Batman bat, versions of Batman out there. Along oh, with really? Batman. 
Yep. That's cool. That's I uh, like I I understand. I'm just not ready yet to see Robert Patton in that role. Oh, dude, but you if, mm. if you see the trailer, you'll be so convinced. I promise you. But I don't like, want to be convinced yet. I want to be sad. So, so, I was you know, so sad. Sometimes I, I get to feel my feelings, okay? I know, I totally get it. But I was completely yeah. reserved right, about fine, it I'll as watch well. It. I'll watch you it. Know, you, know, but you know what helped me through that whole process? Heath Ledger. Because when I first heard <laughs> Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, I don't know about this. And he ended up being one of the best uh, 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 Joker. Well, the best Joker ever. Yeah, um, in my book so like based on that i was like oh you know i'm gonna give this guy a shot like i'll wait um but i saw that trailer and i was like jesus robert pattinson's gonna be fantastic in this. okay I'll and watch it's it. matt reeves for fuck's sake man that guy's batting like a gazillion i'm i'm even what i'm even more excited about than pattinson though is is the riddler because the way that they are handling him, he he looks like the Zodiac killer. Yes. Uh, yes. He he looks like um, John Doe from Seven. It, it, he's sending messages to Batman to the GCPD, saying like, "I am I'm doing these murders, but they're about something bigger," and. Um, I just, oh my gosh, no, and that's you so know cool. I mean? That's the way they always needed to do the Riddler. And the other person I'm excited uh, to see uh, play his role is Bond Connection, Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. Jeffrey Wright. I yeah. want to see what he brings to the table because you know it's going to be so freaking fantastic. He's gonna we almost get more shots of Jeffrey Wright in that trailer than we do right. Robert Pattinson. Yes. <laughs> he looks badass too. Yeah, he looks amazing. I'm so excited to see him as uh, Commissioner Gordon. Well, I don't know if he'll be Commissioner then. I don't know what he's going to be, but uh, playing that role, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited for Edward Nigma, for Gordon, for uh, Bruce Wayne. I can't wait to see this thing. If we if we ever get to see it, if we that ever get poor, to see it. that poor production. <laughs> Where your damn um, masks, people? I just, but I mean, I think that it brings up Holy a good point. Shit, you guys! What? I just been like, <laughs> I have just been watching it while you've been talking. Oh, and awesome! Dear God! Right, right, right. The oh, oh! I fucking <gasps> told you, dude. It's going to be so good. Oh, this cast is... Okay. But see, I have... What reservations do you have now? After seeing it? She still wants Ben Affleck back. And oh, that's duct okay. tape? Oh, my... The duct tape. Oh, 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 my God. Okay, okay, okay. He's a good Batman. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he's gonna he's gonna kick him super fast. Oh, okay, okay. That all right? I'm on board. Yep. Yay! That shit just happened. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Okay, I stopped the trailer at a minute and forty eight seconds right after he beats the shit out of that guy. Uh. Yeah, and Nirvana playing. Oh, yeah. Mm, Who are yeah. you supposed to be? 
vengeance. Like, oh, vengeance. holy shit. And then the beatdown begins. <laughs> God damn you are. Yeah. You know, and the that's... duct tape at the beginning, just that. Mm -hmm. I yep. don't think I'm going to sleep tonight, actually. Nirvana that's terrifying. Man. And Nirvana fuck. and his boots and the the guy from Westworld. And... Yeah. <laughs> the guy yeah. from Westworld? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I know I can't I can't think of names right now. But um yeah, no. that all right. I'm on board. Yeah. I didn't think yeah. anything could do it. And so I, I, I decided I to pull it up while you were talking and yeah, I you're still wrong about Iron Man now. 3, but I will give you this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So like we have some really good shit coming our way, because that one's coming. But uh Dennis Villeneuve uh put out his trailer for Dune. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that looks oh my amazing. God. I actually started the books oh after. Oh my God. My nether regions were on fire after watching that. I can't. <laughs> I think we're finally going to get the Dune we deserve. Finally. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I hope so. But that looks and I so like good. that they don't show the like the sandworms until the very end. And then you're like, yes, oh I, my God. Yes. It's going to be so good, y'all. Yeah. Yep. We've waited right. forever so. for this. All right, so the saint, huh? So yeah, I'm very <clears throat> yeah. But I I wanted to say one more one last thing about about Pattinson and COVID. I I think the fact that Robert Pattinson like caught COVID on the set of the Batman shows that there really is like no safe social no, distancing right. in. In, in major things like this, it is just too hard to keep everyone completely sanitized. And if, you know, if I have to wait until 2023 to get this movie, I will wait until 2023 to make sure people don't have to get sick for it. Right. And it just makes me so sad because um, they're like two thirds of the way done. Um, but, you know, so fingers crossed we get... Um, you know, one of these vaccines comes through clinical trials and it works and we can get it out to everyone and we can, uh, you know, resume amazing. normal life sometime early next year. Well, the thing is yeah. that the, uh, any vaccine is going to be, you know, version 1.0. Uh, right. it, it's not going to solve everything, but it'll be a great first step. Right, exactly. And it'll be, you know, it'll be something at least. And, you know, we can, we can we can try to try to get there but um you know my my best to pattinson in his recovery and uh because yeah because i i i need that movie uh yeah <laughs> so do i so good so, um and you know what he and, does too so that everybody can forget about fucking twilight yeah just just he forget about it. it yeah go watch go watch the cronenberg movie he did Oh uh, that was, that was the go the watch the lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> You're fond of me lobster, ain't he? <laughs> What's wrong with me lobster? <laughs> Hark! <laughs> <laughs> uh, although, although Pattinson just sort of sits there and listens yeah, to much. Defoe go crazy in that scene, not that's his role to get berated by Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> eh, I'm fond oh. of your lobster, sure. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back, yes, back to the saint. To the saint. We have gone on such a great tangent here. I've, I've very much enjoyed it. Okay, the one other thing I really want to talk about and why this movie is like a Bond movie 
is um, its soundtrack. This definitely had a you know very Bond esque soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, and like so many other '90s movies, one of the other things that makes it really '90s is it has this this soundtrack. Um, so I don't know. Um, what what do y'all think of it? Because I I mean I, I did not own the Saint soundtrack because I owned like every other individual album that most of these songs came off of, except for Sneaker Pimps. I never owned the Sneaker Pimps album, but that song was on the radio every thirty seconds, so it didn't matter. I was gonna say Andy that uh, watching it this time around that when I heard the score. Several parts of it sounded like a direct lift from a previous Roger Moore Bond movie, and mm-hmm. I can't quite put my finger on it. I'm not sure hmm. if it's Octopussy or there, uh, part of the score used. Like it's, it sounds like it's a complete lift from one of the Bond movies, and I, I felt like I was watching a Bond movie at certain points. Yeah, well, Graham Ravel, who did the did the score, he's done he did a bunch of other very 90s scores and movies uh the craft pretty notably um that's also in this same era era but um he also took that that saint theme that do 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 or whatever it is mm-hmm. and like sort of did something with it which was nice but yeah i agree it was very much um it it felt like that you know, it felt like a John Barry score, um, updated, but it, uh, but it also had pop songs in it. So I liked, especially like very Euro pop stuff, which, yeah. uh, I was also yeah, very know, into. It's, it's disappointing that they didn't do any sequels like to this because it, it feels like it was set up for that. And I don't know if Absolutely. So that's probably going to be in the studio notes that you have for us, but it, it just feels like they had some stuff in line and something went wrong. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that. Um, I mean, they had a hard time getting this to work um, to begin with. Uh, like this movie went through development hell for almost a decade before it, before it came out. Uh, in fact, you'll notice that um on the on the opening credits listed as an executive producer uh the name robert evans uh do either of you know about robert evans the kid stays in the movie the kid state yeah the kid stays in the picture he's yeah he's a famous holly hollywood producer um was not involved in this movie at all but um was involved in incubating it for like several years before another team took over, but contractually his name needed to stay on it. But they threw out like basically everything he'd done before. Still got paid. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, Robert Evans, <laughs> if uh, if you ever want to know, the best way to understand Robert Evans is you can listen to the him read the audiobook of the kid stays in the picture, or you can listen to um, Patton Oswalt's Werewolves and Lollipops, and he does he does a bit where he pretends to be Robert Evans, like uh, talking about his time in Hollywood, and that is hilarious. 
Um, but yeah, they, you know, I think this, this should have been set up for a sequel. The real problem was this movie kind of flopped. Really? It cost it cost ninety million to make. It only made sixty million. Oh wow! I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I mean, it made it back on like video, and and it it also had like an international. It also made money internationally, but um, this was not a big movie. Um, yeah. I guess. Oh, okay. So world worldwide, it made one sixty nine. So oh, it made that. more outside the U.S. than in the U.S. Um, you know, at the at the time, that was you know you were not going to get a sequel made if you did not do well at the U.S. box office. That was still the gold standard, even if you made money internationally. Um, these days, you can do just kind of middling at the U.S. box office, and if you do really well in Asia, then they'll make more of them. Uh, um, shoot, what's the movie about the magicians with Woody Harrelson and um, Jesse Eisenberg and Mark oh, Ruffalo? Oh, um, uh, um, I know which one you're not, talking it's about. It's not Catch Me If You Can. No, it's, see, uh, see you later. Or now you, now you not, see me. Now you see me. That's it. They made a sequel to that, and it was made primarily with um, uh, with a Saudi and a Chinese production company and their money because it did so well overseas. Uh, and that movie and the sequel was definitely like made for an Asian audience. And um, yeah, but but that movie did like just okay at the U.S. box office. Nowadays, you could get away with that. Uh, the you know in 1997 no way um this movie like just did okay but it didn't you know it didn't make back its production budget in the u.s you're you're probably not getting a sequel even though this was you know this was a franchise this could have been a franchise um but yeah it just it just didn't just didn't reach that um well yeah um yeah so like I, all my marriages oh <laughs> shout out a, a a bunch of the songs that i just love on here uh daft punk the funk um chemical brothers setting sun both of those we only hear for like a brief second and it's just like no 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 go back go back to that song i love that song <laughs> Um, but the 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 big songs from this are uh, Sneaker Pimps, Six Underground, which, um, as as I mentioned on our Goldfinger episode, uh, takes a sample of the Goldfinger score called Golden Girl, which is uh, the music that plays when Bond uh, walks in on Jill Masterson mm-hmm. and she's covered in gold in Goldfinger and uh, finds her her dead body. Um, so another connection to Bond here, uh, with that, but this, I don't know, this song was like ubiquitous, at least in, at least in Utah on the alternative radio stations. So I don't, I don't know for you, Mark, how, uh, omnipresent this song is. Not very much. Really? Or at all, really. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, uh, I feel for you because this, like... That song still just like 
I hear it and I'm like, yep, I'm back in the spring summer of 1997. I know exactly where I am. Uh, And then uh, Duran Duran, Mm. Out of My Mind. Out of My Mind. Which, um, you know, uh, a... As, as I mentioned before, you know, another Bond uh, theme song contributing group. Um, do folks care about this song, not care about this song? Or I dig it. Brooke? Yeah, it was... <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I don't have a lot to add about it. It's good. I loved the score in general. Like all of the the music, it took me back to to many different moments. But I I was like low key obsessed with um, Duran Duran's Medazzaland album. Uh, I will. I'm going to make a controversial statement. Not that it's the greatest Duran Duran album because it's not. Uh, it is the the equivalent of the living daylights Duran Duran album for me in that it's like super niche. And I recognize not, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but there's something about it that I really, really liked. Uh, And this is like my, this is actually one of the songs I'd be most likely to skip on the album, (laughs) but I still, I I still like that. I'm like, Oh, this song, I'm kind of bored by it, but uh it was good you know it's it's but it's still a good song and it works as kind of a a love theme song for this movie yeah so, so. you think Medazzaline's better than like the album you're are you talking are you comparing albums that's your uh, favorite duran duran album um my favorite duran duran album is probably the wedding album yeah. the self-titled Same. one um Although I but, really but, dig Notorious. It's in, my, it's in my top five, is what I'm saying. And it's it's the most uniquely... It's like, you ask people, oh, do you like Medazzaland? People are like, what? What are you talking about? Like, uh, I, I don't think... I don't feel like most people follow Duran Duran past, like, Come Undone. I think that was kind of the last big... Thing. I don't think people remember this song, really. Or maybe I'm wrong. I do. But, I, I mean, I dug Duran Duran since the 80s, so I kind of follow them. Right. I don't know. I feel like I feel like they, they still, like, they're seen as, like, a peak 80s band. Mm-hmm. And, like, the... And, like, Come Undone and... Um, ordinary world are seen as like oh and also they made these other songs <laughs> yeah in the 90s yeah and they also had these other two songs in the 90s but they're mostly an 80s band um so and, and i think people forget Medazzaland, and i i like it like which is weird but i don't know maybe maybe i maybe i'm not the only one i don't know so it's if you're like as a lamb too, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, that's why that's why I'm like, oh, it's it's probably the uh the Living Daylights Duran Duran album in that I like it. I don't expect everyone else to. Um okay. Any anything else folks want to talk about with the Saint? 
I think we pretty much covered it all. Yeah. No. No. Do you not want to talk about Elizabeth Shue anymore? No? I mean... <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I think... Yeah, so everyone seems like, just like, meh on Elizabeth Shue. Is, I don't know. Yeah, she, she is. She, I mean... I, I get it. Like they made her, they made her smart, but they made her dumb, and they made her likable, but they made her forgettable, and it's just like, fine. If you don't want us to have strong opinions about her, then we're not going to. Oh. I mean, there's I not just, really much to her performance. It's not like Leaving Las right. Vegas. She doesn't do, like, I don't know. I want no, to like it's... her. I want to like, I want her to be a strong character. I want her to be deep. I want her to be like all these things, but it's just like <sighs> she's just the epitome of vanilla. I but I, I, I like vanilla. It's, I love she, vanilla. It's my bland. favorite. Vanilla is my favorite flavor. Seriously, it is my favorite. And if I look at everything and I have my choice, I still pick vanilla. But you know what? I don't do. I don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will eat it and enjoy it, but I ain't got nothing to say. Dude, ice cream. She good. was better in the five minutes they gave her in Hamlet too than she was in all of this movie. <laughs> wow, I will say her part for for trying to have a lot of nuance. It is still a little underwritten. I just yeah. I don't know. Again, I think it's me and how like how much this movie resonated with me i was just like oh i i Did love she you remind so much you of me back then? <laughs> is, that, is that what yes. you're saying andy yes absolutely <laughs> totally like, vanilla not much no. to say kind of forgettable is that what you're no. saying andy <laughs> no smart and quirky and like but like also a little fragile and like oh i want to just like I want to hold you and protect you and love you so much. Aww. And like, like that's like the feelings I have about her character. Yeah, and I get like, that. go do your brilliant work and I'm going to like keep bad shit away from you. Like, I, like I don't know. That. that actually makes me like her more. Also, so, you've got some growing up to do, sweetie. So get on. I, 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 well, I did. It was 1997. I no, was no, no, no. I'm old. talking to her. I'm talking to her. Like, got, <laughs> oh, okay. Like her character has some growing up to do still. Like you did, you, know, you, I, did, you did good work. Now let's. I was so much more into her ten years before bit. this movie in Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> that was well, my yeah. issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that oh, man. That's yeah. a great movie. We should that tell it. Damn good movie. Why hasn't that gotten a reboot or a sequel? Because it doesn't. No, 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 no. Something. No, it doesn't need perfect. one. But... Yeah, some things don't need one. So that oh, one needs to be left alone. So Shh, you take that back. It's so good. <laughs> it's so 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 good. Adventures in yeah, Baby. I love it. Andy just tempted the gods. They're gonna end up remaking it with Miley Cyrus or something. Or the other no. star from Twilight. What's her name? Oh. Oh. I mean, yeah. that would probably work. Stop it! Would so bad. not. That might work. What was the movie she did this year? Uh, where she about come... underwater. I think it's called Underwater. Right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I think so. And right. she's and she's in this like underwater research lab. And did it's you like... see that? 
Yeah. No. And it it's good? and it's hella gay. Um But is it good? Which is, uh I don't mind gay if it's good. It's it's okay. It's like not it's not the most amazing thing ever, but I don't think anybody expected it to be. Because so I was it's thinking like a... Abyss, Leviathan type of feel to it. No, 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 no. no. Okay, it's it's no, not okay. that good. No. <laughs> okay. It's, you know, it's it's the type of movie you... It's exactly the type of movie you expect. But it's also like... It's, it's got a... It's fine. Yeah. No. I like it. And, and she's not terrible. Twilight's terrible. Like she's she's good in other stuff. So, yeah. Anywho, um, okay. Um, well, yeah. Also. So, uh, <laughs> we ready for studio notes on the saint? Bring it on. Okay. Who's got Who's got some studio notes? Well, I mean, I would strengthen the the back the the background of uh, Simon Templar. And, mm -hmm. and what I brought up before, like, I just wanted a stronger connection to the girl dying in the beginning. Um, you know, carry carry it throughout the movie uh, as it being a real definitive moment that shaped him as a character. That would that would be cool. Um, other than that, I, I mean, the movie just works. It, it, it's pretty good. I'd probably want a bit more action because I think this time around, watching it this time around, I didn't get the same feel that I did when I was younger. And I think it's because the, the movie doesn't move as much as I remember it. I don't know. Am I making any kind of sense here? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it was acceptable for 1997. Right. And right. I think we expect more. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of do now, but that's about it. I re it's still a movie that I really like and I had real good memories about, uh, you know, me and my best friend saw this movie at least five times at the theater. I mentioned it last week that we had a friend that worked at Cinemark and he would just let us in. And this is one that we just saw all the time because, I mean, back then Val Kilmer was still like a hot commodity. So, you know, I'd love to see him revisit this character, even if it's a, as a cameo and having somebody new set up as Simon Templar. I, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I Should I talk about the Netflix reboot? <laughs> I haven't seen it. Uh, I have you? I did. I watched it as it homework for this. Uh, it's not great. Oh, okay, thank God. Which makes me very sad because it has my girlfriend Eliza Dushku in it. And oh, that's too bad. That yeah, was the I only really, reason I was going to give it a shot, but nah. I really wanted it to be good, and it has the the guy who plays Gamby on um, uh, Black Lightning in it as kind of the antagonist and um i don't know it's it's just not great it's it's weird um the that's something i could give a lot of studio notes to <laughs> um my studio notes for this i agree mark uh, exactly what you said um i'd take another pass at the script and and pull some of those threads through mm -hmm. i would also um you know i would take elizabeth shoe's character and in, instead of making her an acceptable, you know, strong female figure for the 90s, um, you know, make her make her better than that. Give I her agree. even more. I agree. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Uh, remove the heart condition bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and just make make her a badass. You know, give her more agency. 
Yeah. yeah. My studio notes were very, very similar. Like, let's do less campy. Let's do less, like, cheesy love story shit. And just, like, have them actually connect and make it a real solid story. Can we can we have more more PG thirteen sexy time? Yes. Well, yeah. Always. Yeah, of yeah. I liked I liked lots of shirtless them, yes. shirtless Val Kilmer, shirtless Elizabeth Shue. I'll I'll take it. Yes. Yeah. More more dips in the frozen river. Oh. Ooh. Is that um, what we're calling it? We'll, we'll, <laughs> the water was cold. <laughs> Shrinkage. Shrinkage. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, do we have best best tech or gadgets? That little okay. So that little camera watch knife thingy that he kept holding up. I don't know exactly what it was, but that took some damn good photos. The resolution on that. I can't even get my phone to take that good of a snapshot of shit. So I'm go with that. I don't. I don't remember there being anything of real note. Uh, I like the setup of his chronograph. Uh, in that one scene, where what's her name sees it and she's like, uh, "Oh, when he asks her, yeah, do you know your way to the embassy?" and she's like, uh, "Like the face of that chronograph or whatever." So I guess that's tech enough. I didn't really notice any big tech use. There was a um, lot. Cold fusion. Oh, well, okay. Well, ah, Jesus no. Christ. <laughs> Aside no. from the obvious plot. Okay, yeah. yeah. I thought we were talking I about know. Q level shit. I know. Okay, Andy. <laughs> Back I off, know. bro. <laughs> that was my favorite thought. Like, cold fusion. Oh, my I mean, gosh. Yeah, come on. Oh, that like that's the whole discussion for a whole other day. Like, how close are we to for that? to happen we're, we're not we're not we're right not. We're, uh, is that something we're ever gonna achieve? even believe in this cold fusion stuff i mean yeah. why, why why not maybe i mean i it's like a it's like a theoretical possibility but here's the okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put on my my energy policy wonk hat for a second here nuclear energy is the most heavily subsidized energy form in the united states we have put more research and development money into it than anything else ever. And every single megawatt created by a nuclear power plant gets extra cents on the dollar um, through a production tax credit from the federal government. It gets way more money than solar, wind, anything else. We have, we have continued to put billions of dollars into research for every single like new nuclear scheme from uh you know modular nuclear reactors to thorium reactors and they just they just can't get any of these things to scale or really work as like a power plant level they work as like interesting science experiments um fusion they can't even get to work as a science experiment one of these days we might and when we do that'll be great and it'll be like star trek level stuff um right, i mean right. that's that's the key right um but um you know i just you know we 
we have so many important energy problems we need to solve right now, especially vis-a-vis -vis like climate change and even just solving for regular old pollution. Um, and we can do that with the technology we have in hand. So I feel like every dollar we spend chasing phantoms with, with subsidizing nuclear energy is a dollar that isn't going into really simple stuff that actually makes a big difference. Like if you took every single house in the United States that was built before 1990 and went in and like just installed free insulation and weather stripping and new low energy windows into it to save people money on their heating bills, like you would save so much energy that would pay for itself within a year or two. Uh, and we know that because we've done that. So it's like nuclear energy, expensive, doesn't really get that much. Really simple stuff, very effective. We should put money into that. So yeah, that's my tirade on all that. Um, yeah, but real simple stuff doesn't make for good movies, Andy. Yeah, I know. It's like the <laughs> energy efficiency, the Green New Deal, the movie. Is not, <laughs> nobody's going to want to see that. Like the next Bond movie is him trying to inf infiltrate the insulation companies. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I hear people are trying to sell low E windows that aren't actually low E. <laughs> Hand over your light bulbs and nobody gets hurt. So queen and country, I will have sex with you for your insulation secrets. <laughs> I'm going to go in and I'm going to change out all the light bulbs in this old building to new <laughs> cost-effective uh, LEDs. Weather's and no one will notice. <laughs> <laughs> For queen and country. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 not sexy. But, um, I actually, I've been, I've been trying for almost 10 years to get my work to do a campaign where we would do something called efficiency is sexy because it's not sexy where we like get models. Um, and we like nude models and then we have them cover up their naughty bits with like, <laughs> uh, with like weather stripping and three, three M weather strip. <laughs> yeah. <Your nips. laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and things like that and do the, do the whole Austin powers gag where it's like, you just, you just can't right. see naughty bits, but it's like very, and, and the whole thing is like less is more efficiency is sexy and push, like push the federal government to like, really heavily fund energy efficiency <laughs> retrofits because, because seriously do you have any idea how much money we would save how much how much carbon how much regular pollution we would save if just everyone got a free energy efficiency retrofit on their house and i don't know how many how many of y'all like live in a house that was built before the year 2000 but like the difference between uh building codes then and now is like phenomenal and it's just like, you know, if you live in a house built before 1950, you could have energy bills that you're paying like three to four times as much as you need to. Right. If you haven't. And it's just like, what, why are we doing that? And it's, and it's mostly poor people who live in less insulated homes. So it's like, you know, we really need to, we really you know, need to. Do we're going to so. be looking into buying a new home in a few years. And 
the area of the city where we want to look at, they're older homes. So one mm -hmm. of the first things I'm going to do is tear down the sheetrock and then just go with R45 spray foam insulation everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's going to save a shit ton of money. Yep. The, and and see, and imagine if there was a program that let you, when you, when you yeah, get nice. your mortgage for that house, just like put a little extra on there that you would pay back to the government over 10 years to like purchase all of that or have someone else come in and do that work for you. Yeah. Like Im imagine how, like just if that was an option on every single home that was bought and sold in the U S that would be nice. Get going on your pervy initiative. I know. Seriously. You should just make that happen. Andy, just make it happen. Yeah, make it I'm happen. trying. Well, we gotta, we gotta Start elect Biden you, and a democratic Senate first, and then we can like, <laughs> Well, because like it's really funny because um, the last time we tried to do this was during Obama's stimulus, and the the most economically stimulative piece of anything that they did in the entire stimulus was actually the like money that they put into the uh, low income heating and energy efficiency program, or LIHEAP as it is known, and um, you know it, it worked. <laughs> It worked as a huge economic stimulus and saved a ton of people money and saved saved a ton of pollution and like let's just do that again now. But instead of doing it only for people who made, you know, under the poverty line, let's make it for everybody. Everybody gets to do this, and yeah. So I'm I'm hugely into it. Uh, that's my studio note. Everybody gets energy efficiency <laughs> retrofits. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and my, and my best gadget is, uh, insulation and weather stripping <laughs> best one-liners or quotes. Um, Brooke, you, you basically said mine's like, you don't believe in all this cold fusion mumbo jumbo. Do you? I love that one. That, yeah. That's my favorite. Wrong place for a condom. Take it off. <laughs> That was my favorite. That's a good one. My favorite is uh, when Val Kilmer is dressed as Rajas or Bidzia, whatever his last name is. Mm -hmm. uh, and where he tells him, you know what the worst part about being you is? And he's like, what? And like pretending to be so bad in bed. I was like, <laughs> oh, son, you got old. <laughs> I like that line. That's very good. I really like that one too. That was good. That's very good. Um, Best side characters. Hmm. My favorite was uh, what's her name that took them through the tunnels. Yes, she was my favorite. I forget her name. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Natalia. Natalia. Wasn't it Natalia? Was it Natalia? I don't know. It sounds yeah. Russian enough. Natalia. Yeah, I don't Natasha. remember the names of any of the characters in this movie. Again, <laughs> like showing the like that the script was not that good. Right. right. No. I'm like referring to them as Val Kilmer and Elizabeth Shue, not as. Yeah, so, um, yeah, she's probably the best. Um, she's just like, no, I will only do it for money. I really don't care. Yeah. Um, I will. the The only other one that I'll go with is at the in the first heist that he does, where he's pretending to be the um the Australian and then he jumps off the building and he gives his he gives his coat and um whatever to the the drunk Russian guy 
uh, th- that drunk Frankie. Russian guy is my favorite side Frankie. character. That's your favorite side character? Yeah, sure. He's oh, like, yeah. oh, you're a real, you're a real great person. You're a saint, I tell you. Yeah, like, that part was great. That's that. He's my favorite side character. Her name was Frankie, not Natalia. Okay. Natalia's Very Russian better. name, Frankie. Yeah, I know Frankie. So Russian. Yep. Uh, anyone else? No. Okay. Um, the Poseidon theory. Uh, he is definitely not Poseidon. He is no. the anti-Poseidon. Yeah, water kills him. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's like Bruce Willis in Unbreakable. That's true. Very weak to water. Okay, if this is a James Bond movie, is this a good James Bond movie or a bad James Bond movie? Good one. I think it's a good James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And is Simon Templar a good person or a bad person? He's a good person. He's a good person. He's a good person. Yeah. He steals from people, but then by the end, he gives it all away to charities. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the saint. Okay, so uh, next week we're back with Bond and Tomorrow <sighs> Never Dies. Jesus, this movie. Now, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to set up a Netflix watch party for this. Uh, go to the Facebook group and vote for when you'd like to do it. Um, I've set up a couple of time slots that work for me for uh, Thursday, Friday, and either a Saturday afternoon or Saturday early evening. And um, pick which one works for you. We'll see if we can get a, uh, a critical mass of people. Uh, download the Netflix Watch Party. Um, uh, it's not an app. It's a an extension for your browser that you need to download. Uh, but get that, and uh, then I'll I'll post the link in the Facebook group, and we can all join and watch Tomorrow Never Dies together and chat about how terrible it is. Yeah, or how much we like severely it. underwhelmed. There are parts of this movie that I really like. There are parts of it that I do not like. Anything with Michelle Yeoh is fantastic. Any scene with her is pretty much fantastic because she's gorgeous. But I have no idea how you have a cast of actors like with Michelle Yeoh, Jonathan Price, Terry freaking Hatcher, Ricky Jay's on here, Julian freaking Fellows is in this movie, and it's still mm-hmm. a turd sandwich. I don't think it's that bad. I, I think mean, I, I think yeah. it's underrated. Well, we'll get there. Yeah, so. but yeah, I may change my mind because I did with uh, that one other movie. So, yeah. So this will this will be very fun and very interesting. But we're um, we're back to Bond, and then after that, we're gonna do we're skipping the first Austin Powers because technically Austin Powers would be the next one chronologically. But um, we're gonna we're gonna skip we're gonna skip that, and we're gonna do Austin Powers in 1999 when The Spy Who Shagged Me came out. And do all three Austin Powers movies there. Oh, hey, I completely forgot to do the box office. I kind of, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, yeah, here, here earlier, it is. But... Yeah, uh, as I mentioned, the movie cost ninety million dollars to make. It made sixty one point three million dollars in the U.S. box office, one hundred and sixty nine point four 
uh, worldwide in total. So that so internationally 108, so 169 total. Uh, adjusted for inflation, that's 121.7 million. Uh, which, if that were to come out last year, 121.7 million would put it uh, just above Ford versus Ferrari and below Shazam. So, like this, which is about what I remember this movie being um, in terms of like its impact in in 1997 um it was the number 27 movie of the year in the u.s uh and not like an amazing 1997 was by no means like an amazing year in in movies except for uh titanic which came out at the at the end of the year but it actually made most of its money in 1998 um, but yeah, so, um, the, I think it's, it's also worth noting, uh, that this movie was beat at the box office by, uh, three of the greatest movies of all time, Star Wars, A New Hope, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Um, because the special editions were all released in theaters in fact, yeah. Return of the Jedi Special Edition was still out when this movie came out. Because I remember doing a double feature with, with both of those. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Uh, I should also note 1997 uh, is also the year of Batman and Robin, Mark. <laughs> The, the George Clooney, Arnold oh Schwarzenegger, yeah. nipples on the bat suit. Yeah. And, Just when you thought and, things couldn't get worse. Yeah. And Tomorrow Never Dies comes out in December of, the, of this year. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, and the first Austin Powers comes out um, a couple months later. But uh, does not do that well. Um, so, yeah, interesting that that actually got a sequel. Um, so, so fun. That's the saint. Um, any, any final thoughts or are we, are we saying, saying goodbye that wraps to it up. that wraps her up? Bye, Mr. Okay. Saint. Yeah. Uh, das Vidania and, uh, we'll, we'll see y'all next time. Bye everybody. Wear Throw back your head and kiss it all goodbye. Thank you, that will be all. God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye.